0: Bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry, this is the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast. Welcome to the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. I'm your host, Lauren. This is Season 3, Episode 1. In this episode, I talked to CEO Brian Baisley and franchisee Rahul Kumar of Driver a transportation franchise that offers two-fold services as a chauffeur and shuttle provider. Brian and his brother Luke Baisley co-founded Driver Seat in 2012 with the goal of doing something good for the community. Driver Seat is in over 400 communities in Alberta, Manitoba, and Ontario and has expanded into the United States. Rahul owns a location in Calgary, which he operates alongside his wife. And says he was drawn to Driver's Seat because of their values as a socially responsible franchise. Here, Brian shares how he and his brothers support their many franchisees, the impact COVID 19 had on business, key learnings from this challenging year, and more. Rahul shares his goals for his Driver's Seat franchise, his favorite thing about running his own business, including a lot of emotions and learning opportunities, and introduces his new grocery shop and drop program that was created to support seniors during the pandemic, among much more. Enjoy the episode! So maybe to get started, we can just kind of get a little bit of uh, background information from you guys and, and get to know you a bit better. So Brian, can you tell us a bit about the driver's seat concept and what sets it apart?
1: Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, so dr- driver's seat from a, um, from, from a commerce perspective, uh, it's a little bit different because we're not in the, the food industry, uh, we're in the service industry and, and our services are, are twofold services. We chauffeur people. Um, so we drive people uh, around in their vehicles for them, and then the second service is we provide shuttle services, which are mid-sized commercial vans where we provide a, a, a vehicle and a chauffeur um, to drive uh, groups of people around to different different events. So the the uh, the service itself is tied to that. the The interesting thing about the concept, though, is and 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 what we developed as a business model as a result, is we we um, we start out as a work from home model, and so it's a very low cost low cost startup. Uh, and you start working from home, hiring chauffeurs, and uh, starting out with a, with a couple of vehicles, and then you build onto those vehicles as you land contracts in order to uh, in order to use them. So, it's it's just unique in the amount, in the manner that it's a low cost model, but it's very very scalable because you scale up the capital as you uh, build your business.
0: Okay, and can you touch a little bit more on on how driver seat got its start?
1: Yeah, uh, we, we, we got our start. Uh, so, my brother Luke and I uh, co founded it in 2012. And we got our start uh, in the very opposite way of the way most businesses got their start. Uh, we decided in 2010 to um, start a franchise based business uh, because we love the idea of working with bright entrepreneurs and uh, guiding a path for them to, to, uh, to build a strong, strong, sustainable business. And so, we decided we wanted to do that. We decided we wanted something that was going to be good for the community something that was not a me too business and we came up with a number of other governance factors around it and then uh, we started searching for an industry and a business um, that we could do that would fit uh, what we were passionate about which was franchisees and um, through that discovered that there was a a great need to provide um, transportation for the elderly, the vulnerable sector, children that perhaps couldn't uh, ride in a a taxi or uh, nowadays uh, an Uber. Um, or municipal transit um, and uh, helping out, you know, companies with transportation and things like this. So we saw a need for that and, uh, and then this kind of checked all the boxes, so to speak, um, and dri- driver's seat was born.
0: Okay, great. Um, Ro, can you touch a bit on uh, what you were doing before you became a driver's seat franchisee and when, what drew you to franchising and driver's seat? Well oh my goodness,
1: uh, Rahul, how far back can you go? Because you've got some great stories. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, well, um, uh, just a little bit about myself. I migrated to Canada in 2011, um, and I was working with the enterprise running car. Um, that's where I started my career with, and then... Uh, uh, from enterprise, I moved to budget car rental. So always been into the transportation uh, business and helping people, um, customer service, that kind of stuff. Um, what drew me to, to driver's seat is um, uh, the, the biggest portion was um, socially responsible aspect of the thing, uh, making sure that people get home. Um, you know, having lost my own grandfather to a drunk driver, uh, that kind of resonated with me that I need to do something with uh, w- w- within this industry. Um, and, and, you know, and, and driver's seat is coming in there with being like the whole socially responsible um, aspect of things and making sure uh, our roads are safe or we're not having, um, you know, drunk driver driving on the road and, and, and you know, killing people out. Um, so that was one. Um, really like Brian and Luke. Um, you know, the, their whole idea about uh, where they wanted to take the company to. Uh, so that's kind of what drew me to driver's seat. Um, and, you know, it has always been our dream as, you know, like as, as a new immigrant to any country, I think the, 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 the biggest dream is to owning your own business. And, 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 you know, in last in nine years, I think uh, Shelly and I, we saved up enough money. Uh, we've done enough things Um uh, that, that we thought we were ready to take on, on the business. And we kind of wanted the business that had some, we, we had some guidance to it. And there was a, the franchisee, there is always a set model. We know that it, it can work and we knew it can succeed. So, so that's where the driver's seat kind of checks in all the boxes. And, and we decided to go with the, with the driver's seat.
0: Okay. And you say you operate uh, the franchise with, with your wife. Is that correct? Or yes. Okay and uh, And so, Brian, what would some of the some of the other benefits of franchising with driver's seat be
1: well you know the, the, there's benefits to franchising um, as a whole, and we certainly um, you know fit, fit the bill with a number of those things for the franchise model itself is just so so amazing um, so you've got things like shared resources of course. Um, you know, the, the amount of technology we can purchase because we're all, um, you know, contributing to to the build of that piece of it um, is, is pretty substantial. Uh, and, of course, the, pr- the proven recipe. Um, and then I, I think the, the the couple of lesser known parts of franchising, if somebody hasn't been a franchisee before, um, the, the first is, you know, as a business owner, there's a lot of challenges and you can't be an expert in every single thing, every single aspect. So some people are strong from a numbers perspective or accounting, and some people are strong... Um, in, in sales or marketing or business development or human resources. And, and so um, what the, the franchise does is help round that out because it provides resources and coaching around some of these other areas. And then the second uh, piece and, and part that uh, we're most excited about every single day is really this, this idea that franchisees um, learn from one another, they, they share with one another. Um, and, and this is a really, really bright group of individuals um, who know what they're doing and so um ultimately um the, the, the old essence of rise of tides, raise all ships, uh certainly stands strong with, with respect to franchising because um, as Rahul continues to do incredible things in, in Calgary, others will look at that and say, Okay, well, you know, now I want to adopt some of those ideas, some of those those concepts and do that. Um and I think the with the, the part I, I guess that's p- perhaps unique about the driver's seat model is you know we're we're seen as a consumer brand we're seen as a, a brand where we might be shuttling people um, to an airport or to a uh, to weddings uh, or we might be providing designated drivers as, as Rahul talked about uh, with, with some of these consumer pieces and that certainly is is true we do a lot of that but there's a little bit of a secret sauce here which is tied to all of the commercial type of work that we do um, and we continue to chase and, and land larger commercial type of contracts. Uh, and that, that from a franchise perspective is really healthy because the franchisee then gets things like re- recurring revenue, um, there's, you know, there's an opportunity for um, kind of simplifying the business because you've got pre-scheduled routes uh, and runs every day. Um, and so th- those are some of the really exciting things that, that we continue to chase with, with all of our franchise partners. Um, and you know, the, re- the recent one was a, a multi-million dollar contract that one of our smallest locations in, in Ontario uh, landed, uh, providing municipal transit and county transit, um, up in Gray Bruce. And, um, so this is a, you know, very sizable, uh, contract and, and, you know, that's where, um, there's a great opportunity for that franchise owner to build a larger and more sustainable business for themselves and their family. That's great. Mm.
0: And uh, Saru, so what is your experience as a driver's seat franchisee been like so far?
2: Oh, it's been, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's emotional. It's been great. There's lots of ups and downs in business. You know, a lot of things that we didn't think that, oh, I needed this and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of learning for sure. It, it, it's funny that you asked me that question. I was just thinking about it. It's been exactly one year that we opened. Um, we did okay. a grand opening last year. August 19, and uh, and here we are today, um, August 19 today. And, we're, and, together uh, <laughs> we're
1: together again. We're
2: together again, yes. And I remember Brian had come down from uh, um, from Ontario um, to be a part of our grand opening, and it was, it was great. Um, you know, a lot of learning, uh, a lot of things that, you know, Brian, I, I every time there was a problem, I just pick up the phone and just shoot a message to Brian. Uh, I need help with this and I need help to create this quote and, and all that stuff. And we created some great quotes and we got some good business, but um, the COVID had taken some of that business away, obviously. Uh, but so far, um, it, it's a great learning experience. It's great knowing how the, how the franchisee system works and uh, what help franchisor can provide you in running
1: your business. So it's been great. Okay. Yeah. And yeah maybe, have- it, maybe maybe I could just it, maybe I could just add to I, I think sure. you know, but part of you know you've asked about the experience that, that Rahul has as a franchisee, but I think there's another side of the experience, with, which is you know how has driver's seat changed since Rahul joined, uh, because um, this is almost this this um, culture that, that we've cultivated and it, and it morphs and and creates its new levels of energy and new shapes based on the franchisees that are here. And, and Rahul, as you can already tell by the tone, uh, is, you know, a very progressive person. And he's um, he he he's gone through you know, some pretty significant, um, you know, major life uh, hurdles. Yeah. I mean, uh, just, just immigrating, uh, you know, over and starting, starting fresh in a new country, just, just that on its own is, is you know, a big undertaking. Um, and so Rahul brings to driver's seat uh, as much as driver's seat, you know, brings or contributes back to Rahul. I think you know, he's, uh, he's well-respected. Uh, Rahul is part of our Franchise Advisory Council. Um, and so we meet monthly and, and talk about the direction of the business and, and uh, talk about strategies and ideas and concepts and, and, and how to make um, everything uh, more profitable than it already is. And, and, um, and so you know, it, it's really, um, you know, again, our, our passion is really about franchisees and, and you know, what can we do to, to build a, a sustainable and, and strong model um, and Rahul contributes to that uh, in, in various different levels.
2: Yeah, well, I'm talking about the life events, and um, uh, Brian, we, I remember we, I had a baby girl the same time, um, you know, we were buying this franchisee. Um, yeah. I, remember going to, I remember going to the franchisee uh, NFT uh, training and Shelly's super pregnant. She's like at month nine. And as soon as we yeah, came back, yeah. we delivered, a, she delivered a baby. And then uh, we started this new business. It's like never afraid of taking any challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, well, that's awesome. It's awesome to hear how, you know, how franchisees are actually like impacting systems for the better. Cause that's, that's great. Um, So Brian, uh, can you maybe touch a bit more on the type of support? I know so obviously COVID-19 has, has really impacted and changed how, how we've operated uh, everyone um but maybe before that happened what was kind of the the support system looking like for, for driver's seat
1: yeah we, we um we we really look at ourselves as business coaches and so um our support is a multifaceted support piece it's, it's tied to when a franchise owner needs assistance there's a a direct communication link uh to a support team here at the office and i'm I'm personally copying on every one of those chats. And so I can, you know, monitor response time and, and things like that. Um, then there's, um, outgoing support where we we monitor uh, marketing activities and, and revenue numbers and things like that. And so then there's a gentle, uh, reach out or tap on the shoulder when, uh, you know, we, there's for a franchise owner to do something a little bit differently to, you know, drive additional interest in the, in their brand. Um, and then there's ongoing, you know, monthly webinars and training. Uh, we, we built a new, uh, driver's university um, support module. Uh, we're just about to launch uh, um, a new uh, intranet, uh, which uh, will be part of uh, the initial group, seeing that uh, tomorrow at the FAC meeting. And and so the list goes on and on. And, and you know our goal is to strike that great balance of providing lots and lots of support, uh, but not really being Kind of in the driver in, in the franchise owners you know, face all the time. No one really wants to be self-employed in order to, to take orders every day. That's not really what the, the dream is all about. Um, but when somebody needs assistance, uh, that's what we want to be there for them. So, so we, we strike this this interesting balance. And uh, you know, the 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 support pre COVID um, was was strong, and and we were we had you know very good feedback and ratings back from our franchise owners about it. Um, but we learned a lot through COVID about support, and um, you know, it, I, I think upped our um, approach for, from an emotional perspective and trying to connect with what were some of the more unique challenges and and, and portions around it. So, uh, I know we'll have a, probably an opportunity to chat about COVID, but you know, we, we did spend a lot of time uh, pre pre COVID building support uh, packages and modules, and making sure that we were very responsive uh, on a day to day piece but without really um, kind of making anyone feel that they're reporting into somebody, right? Because that, that really wasn't our business model.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And Rahul, how, mm-hmm. uh, prior to obviously this giant challenge that you've just faced, um, <laughs> what were some of the, in your first year, what were, do you have any examples of some of the, the kinds of challenges that you faced and maybe some other franchisees would expect to, to experience similar things in, as they're starting out?
2: Well, um, the, it's all been good challenges, you know. Like, they they they're all been um, you know good problems to have, I should say. Um, so, for example, one of the one of one of one one of those uh, inquiries that came in, somebody wants to drive. There is a group of thirty people. We negotiated um, from here to Vancouver and back, and wanted to stay in the campground and they want us to drive the RVs, all the six of them. So it kind of was very challenging, like how are we gonna find those six people that are gonna be able to continue to stay in a campground, in a tent, or find a room close by, get a taxi. So a lot of thought, a lot of things that went into it. So so I'm gonna say these were all like the good, good challenges, good problems to have. Um, right now, for example, some of the things that we're going through is uh, managing the bylaws in the city, and, and Luke and I and and Brian are working through that, um, some of those challenges, and we're learning a lot more other services that we can offer through the city, versus we didn't know about those services, for example.
0: Okay.
2: Right? So, so it, it's been, it, 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 all the challenges, all the problems are great. Um, you know, they're they're learning curve. And now I'm learning to do the whole accounting side of things and, and, you know, managing the business. It's like you got to keep an eye out on everything that goes around the business, like minor things, from hiring to firing, you know, and and it's been completely different.
0: Okay, great. And
1: then... Yeah, I think... yeah, I was just going to say too. I think the challenges, you know, um, I think what we thought were challenges. A- anybody in business, I think what we mm-hmm. thought were challenges um, on March the 13th of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> became very different challenges on March the 14th of 2020, um, as, as this as this all t- you know t- took route and started doing uh, you know everything that it did. Um, and so, you know, but but the I, I think you know again to, just to speak to Ruul, um and and all that he's done. Um, you know his resilience um, and his desire just to, to push forward, um, knowing that that's that's exactly where he has to do um, is just it's really commendable and and it's exactly what the, any business owner, but specifically any franchise owner, uh, has to have. Um, you're gonna you're gonna hit some hurdles, and um, again, what what we thought might have been bigger hurdles, you know, in the past, or just don't seem like big hurdles today, <laughs> given what we've all gone through. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we've all learned that we are a lot more resourceful than we thought we could be. You know, when when you have to be you, you have to be, exactly
1: right? right. <laughs> you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh we
2: came up with the whole uh, like Calgary came up with the grocery shop and drop uh program. Um after everything went and a lot of other people that we knew in the industry were, were running away and locking themselves out in the homes and and just wasn't they weren't. They weren't thinking outside the box, and that's when we came in and we kind of piloted this program. Then, she's like everybody adopted it, isn't it, Brian? Like, like yeah. the whole franchise yeah. system kind of adopted it, took the cues from us, and and ran with it, yeah. and became more successful yeah. than we were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, listen, listen, you let you let the charge, and, and you know, Lauren, that's a great example. Of me, you get talking about challenges, of course. know the the term you know pivot became a little bit overused over time but um you know every business had to to redefine what they were doing and how they're going to um, generate revenue Um, and we we created a very strong four-tier strategy that we launched on march the 14th and we we used it all the way through um, and continue these portions of it of it even today um but but one of those was to find other revenue streams of course and uh rahul Uh, we we did a number of different things and different things at different times, of course, but we all really led the charge with a a, a desire to um, go out and send chauffeurs to shop for families and one chauffeur can shop for 10 families and fill up a van full of of groceries. And so we made some modifications to the mobile app, uh, you know, to to kind of accommodate some of this and the payment processing and things like that. Um, And then chauffeurs would go out and shop and, um, if you think about the beauty of this, A, there was, obviously, there was a revenue opportunity with, with some pretty good margin, um, but how helpful is that to families? I mean, it's just such mm-hmm. a wonderful thing when a family can stay home and not have to worry about leaving their, their house, uh, but in addition to that, for every uh, show that was out there, that's 10 less people that were on the road, 10 less people that were at the grocery stores, uh, so the grocery stores were less crowded as a result, and so, you know, there, there was really a lot of magic behind the actual program itself, and uh, rule led the charge uh, with that entire program.
2: Oh, yeah, and, and not to uh, – don't forget the grocery stores, how much they liked it. Um, yeah, You know, absolutely. we were, um, uh, for example, with the Sobeys and everybody else, like, you know, we were – like, we go in there, and they're like right away, what do you need? How can we help you? Thank you for doing this, right? Like, because uh, obviously they were mm. as scared as anybody else. They don't want people to come in, but at the same time, they want their – uh, little store to run and, and, you know, they would open up another checkout line just for us. You know, the manager would come in and make sure that everybody's okay. And all the seniors and everybody's been taken care of. And to the point they were giving us free hand sanitizer for the seniors. Mm. You know, it was it, it was, it was great. It was, uh, and, and uh, we made like so many connections in the city just by doing this. And, and it's just, it's a good feeling. The whole program, um, actually, I should tell you this a little bit, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the, the the way it started, it didn't start to make money. It actually started to help um, people here. And all we were doing is uh, reaching out to the seniors uh, because they are the most vulnerable people out there. Hey, don't need to get out. Just pay us the money for how much, whatever the grocery is, the delivery is free. And which we we were still doing that till this date. And... And then this, when this thing caught on, well, we, I remember this one first day that we tweeted about this program and we put it on social media b- within like t- less than 24 hours. That tweet was retweeted 33,000 times. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And, and my, my, my phone just like, I couldn't handle it. It was just, it just blew up. And then the next thing that we know, the mayor of Calgary is thanking us and talking about us. A Few days later, uh, J- um, Jason Kenney, our premier, is, uh, is thanking us and, and talking about us. And, you know, it, it was just a great feeling. And then what happened, a lot of abled people started to reach out, hey, can you help us too? So that's when we thought, you know what, there is a, like a real opportunity also to make money and help the chauffeurs um, to make some money for their families. So uh, so so we decided that we're gonna charge twenty five bucks I think it was um, for for somebody who's able person and if somebody who's senior we still do it for them for free.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. It speaks too much to the the social impact that you were talking about before. It must be so rewarding yeah, to be exactly. able to create something like this. As you know, that was one of the reasons you got into this, and now you can you can continue to do that. And there is, shows there is the opportunity to evolve businesses as you need to, and the franchisees can, can play a huge role in that. So that's great.
2: Oh, yep. Yep. No, uh, the University of Calgary got in touch with us and uh, um, they kind of wanted to know, um, you know, what, um, how can they help in? And they ended up creating their own little student volunteer grocery delivery for, uh, for the seniors. And and you know and it was and I was kind of instrumental in creating this whole thing for them too, because at the end of the day we're we're helping people. Uh, that was the main goal.
1: I was just going to say, and and, then, and I'll let you let you ask your question but I think w- when you start with people first, um, you know, and, and in rules' case, he gets talking about. I started this the shot the drop program to help the community and help you know we had this 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 large workforce and and vehicles and the ability to, to maneuver that uh, and mobilize it. Um, and so when you start always with the, the concept of helping people, the, the, the revenue um, and the business itself just comes naturally after the fact. I mean, it's, it's, and, and we always think about that from, from our franchise model perspective, right? You start with people first. Um, and if you, if you focus on people, the rest of it just becomes very, very simple.
2: Agree. Mm-hmm. 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 Agree. You know, like, and that's one of those things that I think I learned it early on with enterprise. It's like you help enough people, like you don't, right. you don't put the profit first, profit automatically will follow.
0: And, and just to clarify, were you kind of deemed an essential service from the start? Like, Did you have to have any shutdown or were you just because of the nature of the no, business we, able to?
2: No, no, we were, yeah, we, we were, we were pretty were much essential service. service. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah, we were essential service all the way through. Um, and And you know the, the shop and drop program became uh, kind of what we evolved to from from standpoint of how we uh, you know moved the business forward or, or pivoted um, but there, there was kind of a, a number of things leading up to that so you know when, when business started slowing down and, and one of our four tier strategies of course was go and chase uh, revenue in other areas um, and so when business uh, all the traditional business started slowing down, there was a real need to get people back from the airport um, and um, you know, everybody was unsure about how to go about doing that and, and how to go, uh, go about doing that safely and so we were able to utilize the, the fleets of vehicles and, and get people to the airport. Then you had challenges with people flying back into the country um, as, as the Prime Minister asked everyone to return back, um, but they came back in the country but they couldn't always get a flight uh, interprovincially or from city to city. Um, and so then we started doing long-term or, or long uh, distance runs. We picked them up in a major airport and then run them, you know, like one or two provinces away uh, to to drop them off. And that might've been because there was no flights available or because they're uh, you know, a bit vulnerable and need to limit the amount of time in, in an airplane. And so we, we continued to, to, to work on the side of it. And then we, we, we also did a bunch of other things linked to helping people get their car in for repair. Uh, if, they, if they're in a vulnerable state, you know, stay inside the house, we'll take your car in get it serviced for you bring it back and, and then sanitize it before we return it to you. Uh, you can leave it in the driveway for three days and then you can go ahead and, and, and use the vehicle. And then as all that started to, to, to move, uh, we started working with the federal government on um, uh, people that were coming back into the country on chartered aircrafts um, who had to be quarantined in, in private locations for 14 days. So these were hotels that the government uh, rented. Um, and so we started working with the government on doing that type of service. Um, And then there's a whole bunch of of really interesting things. Like uh, one of the really neat examples is as factories um, reconfigure themselves to, to build PPEs um, and, and there was all of this, this change happening. Often that required, you know, those changes required parts. Um, And so we were heading out and picking up parts at at various different cities um, because they needed um, somebody who was going to pick it up and, and literally be able to hand it to, to the, uh, the receiving place and, and time is of the essence. So we continue to do that type of work. Um, and so th- this whole thing changed over time, uh, over the course of that, that, those you know 90 plus days. Uh, but what, what it evolved to uh, really was the, was a number of different things, but the, the largest one being the Shop and Drop uh, program, which allowed us to go out and, uh, you know, reduce the number of people in grocery stores and generate revenue and, um, and, and Rahul and many uh, franchisees um, all had decided to still offer to free to the vulnerable sector. So, so um, there was a bit of a mixed margin model on some of the things you made $0 uh, dollars or lost money. You, you paid a chauffeur to go do it, whereas you made some, some, some revenue off of the other ones. But it was a little bit of a give back to the community uh, while still trying to sustain livelihood for the chauffeurs and, and, and you know, generate some revenue from the franchise.
0: Great, okay. And did you wanna touch a bit more on the four-tier program?
1: Yeah, we, we um, I put together a, uh, a, a steering group um, on March the 14th that we, and we started meeting uh, hourly and then eventually we moved to meeting uh, three times a day and eventually once a day. Um, but we decided that um, we really had to focus on four pretty critical things and we were consistent all the way through COVID uh, on this approach. And the first was um, that we had to look for revenue opportunities in other places But it actually wasn't the most important thing to do. Um, The the second was we had to do whatever we could to help flatten the curve and so in in some cases it might not have been a large um, uh, revenue opportunity, maybe it was a a short run with a a part to help with PP uh, supplies and things like that, Uh, but whatever we could do to help do that, you know, it was our belief and our franchise owner's beliefs that um, we, we have to play a role just like every company must in trying to help flatten that curve. The third piece was uh, to maintain physical and mental health. And so, of course, running a business, is, you know, it can be challenging and, and, uh, and, and interesting, but you have to be mentally and physically strong in order to do that. And so you certainly have to be mentally and physically strong through, through COVID. So um, every day we advised on uh, routines and, and, and um, processes to go through to, to kind of create regularity in, in your life as, as a franchise owner, um, including um, taking mental breaks away from the, from the PC screen, uh, including uh, spending time with family, including uh, you know, proper eating habits, and, and, and the list goes on. So, so then the, the last piece, um, and, and probably fr- from a business perspective, one of the most critical, but um, you know, franchise all of our franchise owners have heard me say this now 10,000 times, but I, I referred to COVID as the ugly gift that nobody wanted. And um, you know, what I said was, look, I've never been through this before. You've never been through this before. Uh, but other other people have been through lots of tragedy tragedies before, World Wars and uh, H1N1 and, and, and SARS and the list goes on. And so we're not the first people that live on Earth that have gone through some sort of a you know, major life crisis. Um, and so you have to take advantage of, of what you can with this. And when I talk about it being a gift, it's because it, it forces us to stop and look at the business and not worry about the day-to-day um, revenue. So that was one of our tactics, but wasn't the only tactic. Uh, is, is the target revenue, and so we really focused on building the business and, and the core of the business, the foundation of the business in each market, um, so that we come out of COVID stronger. And that was that was such an important and critical piece. And that business model, or that part of the business model, became um, copied over and over with a number of different um, other, you know, franchise brands and other companies. Um, and and to do this, what we talked about was, you know, if you're going to lose X number of dollars in revenue through COVID. Um, then you need to have a 400% return on investment. At, at some point in time, um, you got to come out of COVID, and you just have to come out stronger with the ability to make a lot more money. And so part of it was, what are we going to do to drive, um, you know, Instagram engagement, LinkedIn engagement, um, social engagement, just in general, because we have an opportunity now to to do that. And then of course, what happens when you do that is you just have more ability to, to drive business after after COVID. Um, and then one of the other things that we did was we started community. Discussion groups and franchise owners would set up these, uh, you know, the, the typical Zoom meetings that we, we're all so used to now. But we set up the Zoom meetings and invite other business owners in their community to come on and talk about some of the challenges that they're having and how they can help one another. Well, of course, by doing that, they became way more connected with with other business owners, um, and the support and the awareness and and the brand awareness and and the the, the relationship, the meaningful relationship. Between business owners with, with driver seat franchise owner became just just so strong, and so that last point um, I think was it was probably the most critical. And um, as I as I talked to others on on various you know uh, web calls webinars and and, and others uh, you know other companies or, or franchise brands, um, it was the one they were, they were having the biggest challenge with. Uh, but yet it, it was the single largest opportunity is you can use all that time that you used to spend trying to generate dollars. And forget the generating dollars piece, right? Don't forget it entirely, but don't don't just fixate on that because it's, it's limited. And really focus on what you're going to do to come out of COVID. So as a result, we we've come out of COVID uh, in 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 particularly strong shape. Um, you know, we, our 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 social uh, awareness and the impressions that we're having, and we measure uh, weekly, are at an all-time high. And uh, we sold additional franchise locations through the process, and so. It's kind of an interesting thing, you know. You, you would have never asked for COVID, and I, of course, I would never ever want for anything that was going to impact people's health. Uh, but once it was here, it was really time to take the opportunity and say, okay, we, we're we're going to have to just spend time on other things.
0: Um, and so, what does for both of you, kind of what does the what does the future look like for your for your business with all of these changes that have have taken place?
1: Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe I'll speak to the the company, and then rule well, you can speak to you know, kind of where you're taking your Calgary market. Um, mm-hmm. um, but we, um, you know, we're, we're on a, a fairly significant growth curve. Um, and um, again, the 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 reset of sorts um, was not something we would have wanted, but uh, certainly something we we're able to take advantage of. And so um, in this, uh, this next new world, because there's no real new world, but in this next new world, um, you know, we, we've got the opportunity to, uh, play, play a pretty critical role in, in what's happening with uh, recoveries with uh, companies, as an example. So companies need to get employees to work. Uh, that's a big challenge right now. They have to operate in a safer environment in order to do so. And so our shuttles um, you know, represent an opportunity for them, for them to do exactly that. Um, then you've got a portion of the workforce that may have been able to do some of the work before that can't now. And so we're experiencing lots of companies um, and these are primarily factories, Lauren, like uh, you know, production plants and things like that. But we're, we're, we're kind of experienced where there's a lot of those uh, where they're now short on employees. Um, and again, we can play a critical role in helping that that company uh, perform and, and, and um, uh, you know, continue because uh, we will pick up uh, employees in other cities and, and deliver them out on a kind of a, a time schedule. And so we're, we're feeling very, very optimistic, uh, about the, you know, where we're going with, with things. And, um, and it's not to say it won't come with, with some unique challenges. It will, uh, but we just aren't going to experience the same types of challenges that, uh, let's, let's say the restaurant industry or some of the other industries might experience. Um, and that's in part because of the industry we're in, we're in but it's also in part because of, of our approach to it. I think we're just going to, move that piece ahead. So, so yeah, we, we continue to, to move forward our, um, Um, Our our goal is to continue to drive revenue uh, at each franchisee's uh, top-line revenue growth um, and then to to drive additional franchise sales um, so that we continue to open up and serve new markets. So, Will, I know you have big plans for as Banff gets reopened well, and, and what you're going to be doing out there, so you share that with us.
2: Well, one of the things that, uh, that all of a sudden we have, uh, you know, we, we, we don't have as many factories and, and manufacturing plants in, in Calgary as you guys do up in Ontario, but um, the school transportation demand, uh, we've been fielding a inquiry almost every day. For people uh, don't want to send their because as the school reopened, they don't want to send their kids on uh, um, on right. those big yellow buses, um, but they're looking to get into a small private charter kind of a transportation, what we offer. And um, and right now, we, we're going to be going into a big hiring spree here because everybody kind of really liked the chauffeur aspect of things where we go pick up their, like, for example, there are a bunch of doctors in this one clinic and they're all, all of their kids needs to be picked up from school. And our chauffeurs are going to start going to their offices, pick up their car, go to this, their kid's school, <laughs> pick them up from school in their own cars, and uh, drop them home, and then deliver the car back to their to their office to, to their clinic right, right and uh, and that's uh, and, and also in in addition to that, and Brian um, knows about it, there are schools who are reaching out to us and wanting to uh, find out what how can we provide them the service now in that case that 's where we 're working with the city bylaws and the Alberta transportation. Because the school transportation, your own shuttle in Alberta is a little bit trickier than um, after the Humboldt accident that happened. So we're, we're working through that. But but chauffeur service for picking up kids, this is going through the roof. Second thing is um, when we open up our, our big tourist hotspot, Banff and Lake Louise, uh, we're planning to have a permanent shuttle from Calgary Airport to to Banff. We're 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 thinking about buying a big bus, and uh, and that bus runs every three or four hours a day um, on the weekends, on the weekdays, and and a weekend at a different time. So that's kind of where we're we're going with it right now. You can buy the tickets and everything through the
1: app. Here here's here's the part that <laughs> this is the part that's just so exciting about whenever you get talking with with Rahul, is. So Rahul had, uh, and he, he kind of talked briefly about it earlier, but Rahul had this, this really uh, amazing opportunity that we were working on. It was a travel company out of Singapore who was going to be sending um, guests over. And um, Rahul's going to have chauffeurs spend 14 or 15 days with mm-hmm. a family of six or with a group of six. Um, no, literally th- driving No, group,
2: group of 30 people, six RVs.
1: Right, right exactly, yes, six different RVs. And, and so dri- driving these folks around, and, and this was, a, this, a, a, what a wonderful uh, experience because somebody gets to come to Canada and gets their own personalized uh, chauffeur who's going to drive their camper trailer. Um, the chauffeur was going to stay in a hotel each night while the, the, the folks lived in the camper trailer. So just a really kind of a cool experience. Uh, but also, it was just a it was a, a very sizable, um, you know, agreement and contract, and so this thing, uh, COVID hits, this thing goes by the wayside. Oh, I, I don't, I don't want to talk you, about
2: it. That's eighty-five thousand dollars. That's
1: gone. Uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. No, but but here's the thing, Rob. It's not gone, right? Because you've got this this thing, and it, so it's not that people aren't going to do that. They're just not going to do it now, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you build, you build, you build on the 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 school transport, and you build on. Um, some of the other assisted transport modes, and working with with uh, some of the public uh, on, on the vulnerable sector. And as things open back up, those folks are going to continue, and that that's going to be an opportunity to, to to provide that level of service. But now, Banfold opens back up, and you've got even more business coming your way again. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so such you know such a such an interesting situation because you know the, this whole idea of, of pivoting. If 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 a company pivots and it's temporary. Um, that's okay. But if you, if you kind of morph your service a little bit um, and you pick up additional things or you force yourself to pick up additional things and then the old stuff comes back, which of course it will, right? That, that becomes magic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's, those are some really amazing developments. That's great to hear about. Um,
1: Absolutely. So
0: what would you guys say that you, the, your biggest takeaway from the, from the whole experience would be your biggest learning
2: you mean throughout the COVID?
0: Yeah, through the latest uh, COVID challenges.
2: Uh, you know, one of the things that I learned, and you know, I always knew about it, but never kind of experienced it. It's the mindset. I I, I think having a positive mindset, irrespective of whatever you're faced through, uh, it will get you through. Um, you know, it, it's like you know, we get through a winter, we get through a storm every winter. Um, we get like, especially in Calgary because but we're used to it, because it happens every year. And imagine if something like that, um, you know, a pandemic only happens one in a hundred year and people get used, people get through it as long as they keep that positive mindset. It's just, I, I, I think, and in, 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 could you imagine if that pandemic happened every five years, we'll be so used to it, we'll, we'll know how to handle it. It's just because it doesn't happen normally once in a hundred year and people normally get afraid and, and get inside and stop doing things that they're supposed to do, you know, and that's when they fail. And, and, and the people who just have that abundance mindset and have that uh, mentality that it's okay, it's not a big deal and we'll get through it as long as we take precautions and we do things the right way and, 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 and take this as a new day and, and new thinking and keep thinking outside the box kind of stuff so so the biggest takeaway for me was like a, having a positive mindset makes a huge difference um, mm-hmm. irrespective of whatever the situation there is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Would you I agree that? <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: absolutely. I think, I think the, um, you know, Winston Churchill uh, once said <laughs> never let, ne- never let a good crisis go to waste. And um, I, I think, you know, when you have an abundance mindset, um, then this becomes the fact that, you know, if you look at, and, and I'll go back now to what seems like a lifetime ago, but to the, the first week of April um, when, you know, things were continuing to get worse and worse and worse, you know, from a health uh, perspective and, and number of cases and, and all of the unknown and all the fear around it. And um, I remember that week as we did webinars with, with all the franchise owners and phone calls um, I wanted everybody to get past any of the grievance stages they might be going through at that point in time, which was, you know, what wo- was me? And um, so anybody that might have been looking at this and saying, you know, I- I'm not sure we're going to take this piece. And-, and what I talked about was the fact that every crisis has has a, a start, it has a middle, and it has an end. Uh, and the only difference with this particular crisis is is we're in the middle of it, but we just we just can't see the end yet. But there'll be an end. It's going to happen. There- there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, the, the, the learning, I, I think through that, because, because the team that I have, um, bo- both at the head office level and, uh, at the franchise level, but they're just so strong. I, I think that the, the real learning comes down to the fact that, um, every single thing that happens, you, you have to have a plan and a strategy around it. Um, and you might need to morph the strategy or tweak it or adjust it or modify it, but you do have to have a strategy. And if you have a strategy and then the abundance mindset that we was talking about, um, with a strong team like that, you can get through anything. Um, and so, you know, I look at, um, how we handled going through it and yeah, there, there certainly were some challenges and, and, uh, um, you know, but, but we just weren't hit to the same degree, um, you know, g- across the board and we, we, we took some damage for, for sure, but we just weren't hit the way that many franchise companies were or many other companies were. Um, and we're looking all around uh, and I always try and put perspective on this. We're looking around and we're seeing huge companies go bankrupt. We're seeing massive companies um, that, that, that were doing in excess of a billion dollars that didn't, didn't have the war chest to, to, or, or the strategy to survive this. We looked at small mom and pop shops that couldn't survive this. We looked at lots and lots that literally um, we, we, we called it the coach strategy, which was they literally stopped answering emails. Um, you know, we, we saw some competitors do this. Um, and they probably sat in the couch and watched Netflix, and w- weren't sure where to turn. So the vehicle sat in their in the parking lot, and they just didn't make an attempt to do anything. There was nothing active on social. And so, so I think the the the, the team that we have um, focused on creating strategy, and then um, tweaking or modifying or developing that strategy as we went. And I think a strategy or a plan has to be used in every single situation. It's heavily used in war it 's heavily used through through the medical field it 's heavily used in business planning um, it's heavy it should be heavily used with, with family planning um, to understand how to, how to manage your children and things like this. And, and so through through a tragedy or or, or something like that it absolutely has to be used so and then the other thing I'll add is is I, I think're where I think we were able to make some really quick changes um, i don 't know if you've read you know about uh, Uh, Wartime CEO, but wartime CEO versus uh, peacetime CEO um, is a really interesting concept that's tied to um, if you're the head of a company, how you have to um, act and react uh, when things get hectic versus in in regular peacetime. And um, I adopted that strategy and I did so very quickly. Um, So by March the 14th at noon, uh, I was wartime CEO and my tone had to change and and, uh, the speed of action had to change and what we were um, demanding had to change. Um, for the benefit of our franchise, for the benefit of our head office staff, for the benefit of our franchisees, for their families, and and the list goes on. So, so yeah, there are some some struggles through it, but we also came out um, in in relatively good shape. And I think, you know, we're we're now quite strong and heading into, um, you know, next calendar year. uh, We're just going to see some really big and positive things happening.
0: Great. And so I think this is kind of a time where we're seeing that people are definitely... Quite interested in franchising. Circumstances have changed in their lives, or or this seems like a, a good time to kind of get started with something like this. What what advice would you have to anybody who's considering franchising right now?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll start rolling, and maybe you can you can give it from your, your perspective as well, uh, if you would. But um, I I would say um, to, today is only slightly different than um, what they should, should have been looking at back in February. Um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's really only three things a franchisee needs to, to consider. And they've got to be, um, they got to be meticulously focused on these three items. Um, the first is, uh, trust. Do you trust your franchisor? Um, is this somebody that you can work with every day? Uh, because you are literally partnering up with that, that group, uh, or that individual or that company. Um, and so is there a trust factor there? Um, and I always, I always, uh, you know, talk to prospective franchisees as they, as they come through the system and say, you, know, are, you to, are you going to enjoy working with us, right? Are you, are you going to be part of our culture and our governance? Cause that's just so critical. The second piece is, do you have a franchise or that is absolutely fixated on your top line growth? Um, because that becomes the most critical component um, overall for, for obviously the financial health of the business. Right. And the third is, can you actually see, forget the industry, forget the industry. It's not important. People get so fixated on what industry I, I listen. I, I run, one of the largest uh one of the largest franchise transportation firm I run one of the larger transportation firms in, in, in canada and we're going in the us as well um, I did, i've never worked in transportation this is not about the industry um, you have to look at the actual role itself and say can i see myself doing the role what is the role of the franchise owner and um for for in our case uh it, it's a business development role it's a, it's a customer engagement role it's a leadership role with with chauffeurs um, and so if, if somebody that comes to us can see themselves in that role, we could teach them all the other stuff. That part is super simple. And so my advice would be uh, make sure that you um, have inherent trust in the person that you're, you're talking with. The second piece is um, understand if, if that franchise is, is fixated on your top line revenue growth, right? Not, not just you, both, both of you, but they're not going to deliver it to you. You have to deliver it, but, but make sure they're fixated on it. Um, and, you know, and, and then the third piece is on the day to day, Right, can you see yourself doing this role? Because if you can see yourself doing it, you have this trust, and you know that person's got your back from, from a revenue pr- perspective, um, it's likely a really good fit. So, so it's you know, the franchise model is a, a wonderful model. I, I would highly advise anybody that's considering a, a business opportunity to, to jump into to a franchise system, um, it's absolutely the best way to go. Um, and for those that are considering a franchise uh, but aren't, or, or, or even a business. But aren't quite sure about it um hey jump in <laughs> you, life life is life is short life is short right life is short and um you know we of course get the opportunity to talk to a lot of uh, prospective franchisees and, and i'm the first one to tell them right look at you, you you can't be trying to talk yourself out of this you either need to do it or not do it um you got to go work for somebody else or you got to be entrepreneurial and, and and have some fun doing this but you know, don't, don't second guess it, just, just jump in and have some fun. Right? Life is very short, you have the opportunity to, to build a large sustainable business. Uh, of course, statistically, there's, there's very low risk in, in franchise buying a franchise or a franchise recipe um, as a whole. Uh, extraordinarily low with, with driver's seat because we just you know, just don't have those types of challenges. Um, so, so you really don't have a lot of risk, but you have lots of upside and lots of reward. Um, you just gotta wanna work uh, towards it because the work itself is fun. So what, what do you think?
2: Well, I, 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 you know, pretty much you summed it all up in there. Um, but the the number one thing is, you know, when you're looking for to starting a new business, somebody like me, you got to start from scratch. You got to, you know, know everything. And franchising gives you that freedom, you know, to come up with. There is a system, there is a plan in place. You can you can start running from day one, versus, um, you know, you start setting up with your company and and contacting the accountant. And, and, you know, there's a multiple of things that goes into starting a new business and it's easier. If you really wanted to start a franchise, is really easy, you know, cause you have the support of the franchise there's a, there's a system in place already and and anything that you think could go wrong, it probably has gone wrong for the franchise when they were starting out. So there's already, you know, um there there are things in place that the there that the that things shouldn't go wrong um so I, I think the franchising is the way to go um uh, for somebody who's starting out and brand new um, I'm sure Brian you probably started out as a franchisee before you turned into a franchiser
1: um i did i was a I fran- i was a franchisee in a past life so okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so after a while you get the experience of all the business work and do this and then you can go on your own but in the beginning I think franchisee is a definitely best way to go for it awesome yeah, exactly
0: is there anything that either of you would like to add before we wrap things up
2: no I just wanted to thank I, you
1: I, I, <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I, I, I would say the same I, uh, I really appreciate the work the CFA uh, did through COVID did prior to COVID and continues to do uh, post, you know, this first phase of COVID. Um, And, and yeah, thanks for allowing us the opportunity to talk and speak with driver's seat. We're obviously uh, we're we're very passionate about it and uh, we're passionate about uh, franchisees and um, you know, just, you know, you get people like Rahul um, and and just so many others that are just so much fun to work with. Uh, It's just a great environment for, for that type of, that type of scenario. So, so if, you know, if some of the audience uh, out there are prospective franchisees, Um, you know, I would say you you just do yourself a favor, uh, you know, schedule some time, reach out to us, um, and, and chat with us. Um, listen, we'll be the first ones to tell you if if we don't think this is right for you or or vice versa, but, uh, if you want to be part of something fun, it's, uh, it's just a, a, an awfully, it really is an awfully fun business and, uh, with a great group of franchise owners and and a really great head office, uh, support team that, uh, that works in our, with, with our team. So. So, but, but thank you, uh, Lauren. Appreciate that.
0: No problem. Thanks so much for, for spending this time with us and uh, your, your inspiring stories. Uh, they're great. It's good to hear good news and to hear positive developments with, with <laughs> people's franchises right now, I will say. So it's, uh, it's been great to hear about. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, visit FranchiseCanada.online. And if you're interested in the franchise opportunity, go to lookforafranchise.ca.